The Last Joyride, Nick Adams, Forward, Friday, 7.40 a.m. If you ask any guy my age what he thinks about when he hears that song, he will probably answer with Phoebe Cates. More specifically, Phoebe Cates coming out of a sparkling blue swimming pool, peeling off a red bikini top, and walking right to us. Such was our attraction to this girl that we sat through numerous movies, mostly bad, with talentless male leads just to get a glimpse of those full red lips and long dark eyelashes. She was our girl, and long after our asinine attempts to order pizza in our history class failed, we remembered her fondly, untouched, unspoiled, and forever thinking we were so cute. It was the thumping bass line of that song that started the whole thought process. It was a warm spring morning, and I had the window down on my drive to work. I was sitting in traffic, tapping to the beat, and letting my monkey mind wander when it occurred to me. The sound wasn't even coming from my radio. A quick look around yielded the culprit. It was a jeep of some sort, painted the Kermit the Frog green. Windows down, sunroof open, music blaring. A good way to start the workday. It was in the next lane, but two cars ahead of me. I couldn't see the driver. Finally, we moved, but only briefly. The litany of traffic lights were arranged and timed to assure maximum fuel consumption and frustration bordering on nihilism. Their lane was slower than mine, though, and the bass line thumped louder as I pulled alongside and chanced to look over. The driver was staring back at me with a slight smile. It was Phoebe Cates. Hell, no way. I blinked hard and looked again. I was wrong, but it was a girl, a striking girl, with dark eyes and what seemed to be nearly black hair hanging over her shoulders very long. Betty bangs were cut across her forehead. Traffic eased on, and she ended up behind me before we settled to a stop once more. Whatever happened to Phoebe Cates, anyway? Incidentally, I looked her up on the web later that morning. Still pretty. Still had an utterly sweet smile. Anyway, I couldn't believe I even noticed this girl. Something in the universe had shifted. Like having a cold, flu, stomach bug, or any other sickness, you go through days, maybe weeks of fever, pain, restlessness, counteracted by sheer lethargy. At times it feels like there is no way on God's green earth that you're going to make it. And this is how people die, you think, in your lonely solitude. A broken heart feels very similar. But at a random length of time, you will feel yourself come out of it. It's almost like flicking a light switch. You wake up. No fever. And you're hungry. Finally, a smile comes a little more easily. Healing a broken heart is no different. Your body says to your brain, F you, enough. One morning you wake up and the world is a little different. Your wounds have scarred over. You're going to make it after all. You have changed a little, but it's still too early to tell how whatever you went through will affect you. But hey, you can breathe again without fear of panic. You can go about your day and begin putting your life back in good working order. That's exactly the position I found myself in that warm June morning. It was going to be a pretty day. Springtime is always so pretty in the South. Nearly the weekend, and for the first time in a while, I could feel the coming delineation between work and not. Time was beginning to assume normal rhythm. Oh, I hadn't forgot about her. I just wasn't ready to think or say her name just yet. My Land Cruiser idled comfortably. Then suddenly, the slug of traffic moved, and we were off again. I had been chancing glances in my rearview mirror at this girl. She was cool. Didn't move, didn't flinch, just stared straight ahead as if in deep thought. She kept the pace of the cruiser almost exactly. Funny, the Land Cruiser had been the one near constant in my life for years. In my downtime, I had taken to restoring it a little. I fixed the dent here, new glass there, carpet. Then I lost my marbles and removed the geriatrically slow automatic transmission and installed a 5-speed. Truth be told, working on the cruiser was something to do that kept me busy and did not involve crowds or really other people in general. I 
I learned and did everything myself, and it brought me comfort and a sense of accomplishment whenever I made it better. As thoughts of Phoebe Cates drifted in and out of my mind, alongside of me pulled Betty in her Jeep. The song was still hammering away. I chanced another look. She caught me but no smile. No middle finger either, so there was that. The light changed, and she sped quickly ahead of me. She was going nowhere, though. She was fast, but not quite fast enough. The jeep was trapped 50 or so yards up the road by yet another traffic light. I pulled up behind this time. When the light changed, I followed a little too close, then made a quick shift to third and passed on the left, which is a lot, considering that cruiser is a tractor. I never looked over as I passed, then once ahead of the group of cars, keeping her behind, I pulled back over in the front before the next light. I lost sight of her then, not giving it another thought. Started forward when the next light turned green. I was temporarily distracted by the blathering of a sportscaster on the radio with a big obnoxious mouth and a proclivity for using big thesaurus words to describe situations of infinitesimal importance. It is what sportscasters do and always at maximum volume. When running the board, I had to babysit the VU meters every time one of the sportscasters was on. They were all the same, no sense of an inside voice. I was searching for stations as setting the presets on the radio only crossed my mind when I was nowhere near the car. Peripherally, a flash of bright green appeared beside me, then darted ahead a car length, but settled back to match my speed. As I once again pulled alongside, I could hear the roaring of the Jeep's engine in an effort to stay ahead of me. What? Games? Are you kidding me? I couldn't imagine anyone in their right mind racing my ugly gray Land Cruiser, but there was no way in hell I was going to be left in the dust by this Betty and her froggy Jeep. As we approached the freeway, I gave her a smile, then floored my trusty tractor. A foolish thing, sure, but I was feeling better, remember? I did it, and I got good and ahead of her, until a semi pulled out of a gas station just before the on-ramp to the freeway. The girl was still behind me and gaining fast, but she was in my lane, the only turning lane, so even at my now snail's pace, I would reach the on-ramp before her, thereby winning the childish little challenge. Ha, I said in self-satisfaction, but she did not reduce her speed at all as she approached. In an instant, she was on my rear bumper, then beside me. Then, with a competitive blast from her horn, she sped ahead of the semi and me and cut back over onto the freeway ramp. I saw her tear up the ramp and merge quickly into the flow of traffic. Then she was gone. Steadily, but quite frustrated, I followed the lumbering semi up the same on-ramp until I too could merge with the speeding traffic. From what I saw of her, I thought she was most definitely pretty, but dangerous. And how could I respect a girl who drove like that? Wow, I thought as I eased down the crowded freeway with the other morning commuters. How could I not?